With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on the Fan First Sports Network. My name is Nathan Hirsch, and I'm with Jake Slobodnik. Pretty okay week for the Pirates against some solid competition, Jake. But uh, how are you doing? Uh, doing good, dude. Uh, at the time of recording, uh, we were talking off air. I'm excited to go to work at 3 a.m. on a Monday, so who doesn't love that? <laughs> Uh, but things have been good. I uh, had a nice weekend, relaxing weekend. Uh, the weather was perfect this weekend. Yes. Uh, so we're doing all right. How was your weekend? Pretty good. Like you said, the weather was great. And the Pirates played some pretty sound ball, I would say. The last time we talked was after the White Sox series. So after this week, uh, two tough Teams, I would say, competition-wise, the Houston Astros and the St. Louis Cardinals. The Pirates won three games out of seven, so I'll take that. I'll take that. Of course, today was tough. The Pirates lost 5-4 in 10 innings, but they split with the Cardinals. Uh, any instant reactions, takes from this past series? I'm I'm totally fine with splitting in St. Louis one thing I noticed all weekend long is that Cardinals kept getting bailed by fluke hits. And I think you even, you even noted that on the talk to plank Twitter, a lot of fluke hits, a lot of unfortunate things went our way on offense, but to take two of four way. And it's not like we got blown out in the games that we lost. So um, I thought we were competitive all weekend. Good to see that we got contributions from all up from up and down the lineup today, specifically when Austin Hedges produced from the bottom of the lineup, that's what you like to see. Pretty much everybody this weekend was um, a big helper in terms of at least keeping the Pirates in it, even if they weren't winning it. So 
questionable decision today to bring in Will Crow in the 10th, but it, it was, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more about it. That was pretty much the only, I guess, negative part of the weekend that I, that I really took away. Um, like I said, everything was competitive. Lineup structure was okay. It was as good as it probably can be, especially with all the injuries that we got sort of slapped in the face with. I'll gladly take it. I, I just, it, it was good to see that we were strong in a very hostile environment against a, a division opponent, especially the defending divisional champion. Uh, I will gladly take this weekend split uh, splitting ways two and two. Yeah, I agree. And I agree taking three this week against both of these teams is, is definitely a positive. Uh, the St. Louis series specifically, I love the starting pitching outings. Obviously Thursday, Vince Velasquez surprised the world with six scoreless innings and a 5 nothing Pirates shutout win. Friday, Johan Oviedo backed up his awesome start uh, in his previous start with another great start. Ten strikeouts over seven innings, I believe. Only gave up one run. Sadly, the Pirates offense couldn't muster up anything. They lost that game 3 nothing. But Oviedo himself was awesome, and he really gave this team something to look forward to. Added some stability to the starting rotation, I would say. Saturday, who had the start Saturday? Rowanzi did. Rowanzi Contreras, yes. He bounced back after a really bad start against the Astros. Six innings, two runs given up. He almost had an immaculate inning. Three strikeouts on ten pitches in the sixth inning. He was great. The Pirates got the win in extras. And then today, the day we're recording this Sunday, Mitch Keller really didn't have his greatest stuff. This game kind of hurts a little bit, if I have to say, out of all four of them, because the Pirates had a lead late. They had a lead in the 10th inning, and the Cardinals just Cardinals themselves back into it and was able to come back and win. But Mitch Keller, another quality start. He's had six straight dating back to last season, so he's been solid. You would have liked them to take three of these games out of four, but splitting I'm happy with and especially with the schedule ahead I would say things get easier this week as opposed to the previous week they're at Colorado for three and then they come home post Cincinnati for four so those seven games are easier than the previous seven games I'm happy with the pitching the offense I mean it's a little hit or miss literally without Cruz the lineup is obviously shortened but Reynolds has kind of cooled off a little bit, but obviously Andrew McCutcheon has been awesome. He had to go go ahead home run Saturday. Cabrian Hayes, I would say, is starting to heat up a little bit. Rodolfo Castro, we could talk about him a little bit. He's been awesome since getting regular at bats. You look at his line, 333, 442. That's what really stands out to me, the on-base percentage. And the slugging is 472, just a notch below 500. So he's been great. Connor Joe is great when he gets to play. But uh, yeah, I mean, zoom out here. We're a tenth of the way through the season. Pirates are nine and seven, and they've gotten through the tougher part of their April schedule, I would say. I'm pretty happy with where the team is at right now. And uh, today hurt for sure, but. It was an all-around good series, pretty solid week, I would say. Yeah, I, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I'm going to start with the pitching. I think it's great to see that we're starting to see some consistency from our starters, especially against 
pretty tough opponents. Um, St. Louis, I, I knew it was going to be a challenge, but to see, uh, first of all, Velasquez, I don't know where he pulled that out of because uh, that was so uncharacteristic of him. He had, he was in uh, high command of his slider. Uh, he got a lot of chases, especially from Arenado. Um, Oviedo did the same thing. A lot of his breaking stuff. I think it wasn't his sweeper. I think was the most effective pitch this weekend for Oviedo. His slider was nasty. Yeah. And he incorporated that as well. The sweeper. Yeah. It's just, it sucks that we couldn't get the offense to back him up because it's just one of those things where, you know, he pitched his heart out. He allowed just one run through, uh, seven innings, six hits, one walk and 10 strikeouts. That right there is like ace type stuff from your number four type, your number four pitcher, which you need to back that up offensively. But I'm not going to focus on the bad here. I'm going to say that pitching was just great. Rowansi, again, after suffering or after a bad start against Houston, he he bounced back, allowing just two earned runs and three walks and six innings. Not the greatest line for him in the world, but considering where he's coming from, I'll take that any day. And Mitch Keller, again, he didn't have his best stuff but it wasn't a bad outing for him. Six innings, allowed seven hitch, which sucks. Three earned runs, only two walks though, which isn't bad. Did allow a home run on a very bad pitch um, to, I think it was, was it Newt Bar or yeah, it was Newt yeah. Bar who pulled one over to right. Um, normally I think where he hits it, he pitched it like, I think near the letters or something like that. Normally that's, that that might go to the corner for extra bases, but that's normally never a home run. Again, St. Louis getting bailed by devil magic, as I've seen. That, that was the magic phrase all weekend was they were getting bailed out by devil magic. Um, and, and for what it's worth, I think the bullpen did pretty well, too. Uh, Robert Stevenson off the IL, I thought he did all right. Yeah, he walked in a crucial run uh, Saturday, but he was also set up poorly by Robbie Z, which broke my heart. But, I mean, it is what it is. Um can we talk about Colin Holderman for just a little bit? Because I mean, this guy, I remember last year when I was really, really upset whenever we traded Danny Burgers for him, <laughs> but, but I mean, now he's turning in quality outing after quality outing, setting himself up as a very good eighth inning man. And I mean, today he puts Arenado and Goldschmidt on base and they're in their second and third, pretty much the go ahead runs are right there. And then he gets the next three outs. So like this guy bounced back with ease and I, I don't know how he did it. Cause I saw them no outs with two runners on in scoring position. I'm thinking, Oh man, here we go again. We're going to get crushed. And then he just, he bounced back. He didn't let anything get back to him. Um, that's the type of stuff we need, especially from our back end bullpen guys credit to Bednar. He didn't get the saves that he wanted this weekend, but he did pretty well. I would say just normal Bednar stuff. And again, Dari Moreta, he's, continuing to, to impress me and a lot of fans. I mean, he's coming in these high leverage spots and he's making very little mistakes. So I'm very impressed with where our bullpen's at right now. Um, didn't see a lot of Jose Hernandez and I was kind of shocked about that. I thought we would see him uh, a little bit more, but I'm going back and looking at some of these box scores. Uh, he didn't pitch in the final three games of the series. I'm looking at the, the series opener here. I don't know if he pitched at all. No, he didn't pitch at all this series, which really surprising to see. I mean, it's not like we were in mop-up rules where he could have had a chance. Maybe on Thursday when Velasquez went off, but they wanted that. They wanted to start off that road series with a win. So I kind of I get that. I get why you didn't you put in your best pitchers there. But I mean, overall, aside from a couple guys here and there, a couple bad outings, I was really impressed with them. 
Um, I know you want to talk about Rodolfo Castro, and I'm right there with you. I mean, he seems like he's starting to find a little bit of a groove at the plate. He's not swinging for the fences every single at bat. Yeah, mm-hmm. he might give you a chase here and there, but at the same, but in the same breath, he's looking to make more contact. He's trying to just work with what he's given from opposing pitchers, and that's all you can really ask for. Yeah, he belted that home run on Thursday, but then you know, I feel like in previous years with Rodolfo, he would hit a home run, and then that's when you start to see that trickle down of I'm going to swing for the fences every single time. We didn't see that, and he just continued to produce. And I think I don't know where exactly I should put the pin needle on of, you know, what sort of turned him over, but I'm glad to see that he's starting to settle in. K rates were pretty good this weekend from him. Not terrible. Just, I'm really impressed with him defensively. I thought he did all right too. And I know that was um, a pretty big question mark for him, Uh, especially today, whenever he made that force out at second to end the inning, I think it was, was the seventh inning or sixth inning, one of the two. Pulled Tukapita Marcano off the bag a little bit, but overall, I mean, he made a very challenging play work. He's starting to put everything together, and I think this is what we were sort of waiting for. And I, maybe it's because with O'Neill Cruz being absent, he's just trying to make, take that next man up mentality. For sure. I'm not too sure, but I think that's a good indicator of why he's playing so well. He he recognizes this is his time to shine, and he's taking full advantage of it. You know, it's wild to me. He's still only 23 years old. Uh, he turns 24 in may but it's crazy he's he's had some experience this is now his third season in the bigs not full season but this is his third calendar year that he's seen action in major league baseball and yeah i just i think i think he has a chance to maybe not be a core piece long term but at least a complimentary piece at least like a you know he's not going to be the the star on the team but like a neil walker type guy that is just consistent and the thing with him that is great to see that i think is the most um promising is just his his eye his ability to walk get on base and it kind of blew my mind i was looking at his stats maybe this winter and all through the minor leagues he's been a guy that has had like an eight or so walk rate which you'll take that every time and now this season it's Higher than 10%. I don't know how sustainable that is, but you look at it, 10 strikeouts on the year, five walks. That's a nice little ratio. The power is there when he needs it, but when he tries to just make contact, go gap to gap, hit the occasional home run, if it's the end of the season and we're looking at Rodolfo Castro hitting maybe 270, 280, getting on base at a 330, 340 clip with 15 to 20 home runs, maybe 20 plus home runs, we'll see. I think that would just be awesome. And he lengthens the lineup. Obviously, batting from both sides is really nice. He's just, he's really blossoming into a really solid player. And like you said, with Cruz out, the Pirates are in desperate need of that. So I've liked what I, what I've seen from him. I just want to shout out Colin Holderman. Like you said, second and third, no outs today. I thought his scoreless streak was over. I was like, I've been waiting for it. He has not given up a run all season long. I have thought he's been overdue, but he found a way to get the strikeouts and get out of the inning without any runs given up. So he's been awesome. Eight innings, no runs given up, seven strikeouts, three walks, seven hits. He's still pretty due to give up a run, I will say, but 
in the eighth inning, if the Pirates have a lead after seven, it's pretty much over. And you love to see that from the bullpen. That's I, I think that's the biggest key from these first 16 games is the pitching has really surprised me at least. Um, I knew Mitch Keller was going to be nice. He's been nice for a calendar year now. I, I thought Rowanzi Contreras would keep taking a step up. Two out of three uh, starts of his have been great. But Oviedo, I had – it was basically wait and see. Rich Hill, I think he's going to be all right. I thought he would be solid. We'll see what he does um, in tomorrow's start today when you're listening to it. And Vince Velasquez, I mean, anything he does positive is just gravy. But between the starters and the bullpen, I mean – this pitching staff is, I don't know if they're overachieving. I don't know what's up, but I have definitely liked what I've seen. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like you. I don't know where, again, where the pinpoint lies. You know, if it's overachieving or if these guys are just pretty quality pitchers and people just gave up on them too quickly. Biggest thing to me that indicates that is Oviedo, like you said, because when, uh, when Brubaker went out and we needed to bring somebody up on the flip of a dime, it was Oviedo. But the reason people didn't were kind of nervous about him is because he was kind of unproven at the MLB level. Even though he gave us bright spots last year toward the end of the season, I think everybody kind of knew that he'd be a serviceable guy. He'll give you a couple innings here and outing. He won't, may not be, he might not have like commanding stuff and be your, you know, ace potential or even maybe like a two guy. But here he is, a lot of movement on his off speed, catching top hitters, pretty much swinging out of their shoes, buckling their knees. And it's effective. He's putting it in the zone. It's not like he's throwing it on the outside of the zone and it just tails out. Like he's trying to make these guys think about what next pitch is coming to him. And that's that's a sign of a really good pitcher when you're aware of the kind of, of account that you're in, what type of batter you're facing, what their tendencies are. And you don't cower away from that. You don't change your pitching method based off them. You sort of make them adjust to you. And I think we're seeing that a lot now from uh, Oviedo. Regarding, regarding like Velasquez and Hill, Something like I know Velasquez has been proven to be awful, but like something I watched his start against Chicago. He had a good inning and then sort of fell off. Then this past game against St. Louis, something tells me that there's something in him that could be good. If he just sticks to one thing instead of trying to like mix it up here and there, I think he's trying to prep maybe for individual games instead of just trying to perfect his craft. And I feel like if he did that, he'd have a little bit of a better time. Rich Hill, I, it's it's hard to say for me. I, I want to give up on him just be, based off his first two starts. And personally, I don't think he's going to do good against the Rockies, especially in Coors Field, which is a very hitter friendly ballpark. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to skew my opinion on him yet. But when your only concern is a 43 year old pitcher who you never knew if he was going to actually succeed, you know, he you knew he was just going to eat innings. You didn't know how good he was actually going to be. I think that's a pretty good sign. The bullpen, I think, is the biggest thing that strikes out that sticks out to me is because going into the season we all knew the bowl was going to be awful or so we thought but now we're starting to see guys like and i hate saying it underwood who is giving us some quality innings i'll say that holderman who is just beyond expectations bednar is bednar we all knew this and dari Moreta, who nobody really thought was going to be good when we acquired him for kevin newman and now here he is starting to become like a bit of a cult hero because of how well he's produced just in these you know this first 10th of the season so far. And the only real bad spots that we're sort of focusing on are Chase DeYoung, which is carryover from last year. Uh, but that's also split among the fans. And then he's on the IL. 
Yeah, he's on the IL. So evaluating him at this point would be kind of bad to do, along with Robbie Z. Really, the only person that we could really show flack toward is Will Crow. But even that, I feel like, is a bit of a stretch because of I feel like we would just it would give a gut reaction based off one appearance, right. which is today. But I think we're in a really good spot. I hope it does carry over throughout the rest of the season. I think that we're start that we see little indications here and there that it could. The biggest thing that stands out to me again, Carlos Santana coming to the rescue emotionally when his pitchers sort of, you know, they sort of get lost in games and maybe they have a bad inning here and there. He's the first person to put his arm around them and go, Hey dude, just do your thing. Paraphrasing here for the listener, mm-hmm. but do your thing, focus on your stuff. You're a good pitcher. Just keep throwing it. You know, they're going to swing and miss. And I think we're starting to see the results of that. Now we're starting to see the fruits of the labor of Ben Charrington, at least this year with signing these, you know, these older veterans and that we all knew that was going to happen, but it's good to see that it's happening this early. It's not like it takes a gestation period for it to happen. So going forward, I hope we see more of this. I can't tell if we will, because again, if it's the pirates, then every day is, it could be something new. I, I just, I love what we're seeing. I hope we can continue it. And I hope these young starters, they continue to go five, six, hopefully even seven innings because it catches me off guard when I see them go late in games. I'm like, Shelton's not pulling them after four or five. That's crazy, especially when we have a lead. But I, I'm really impressed with our pitching so far. Hitting too, but pitching, yeah, because that was the big yeah. question mark. Yeah, and I think I think the starting rotation is the key going deep into games. That will keep the bullpen more fresh, more effective whenever they are called upon. And yeah, six innings from Keller each start. I I want to talk about Johan Oviedo. I might be crazy here, but I think what I've seen from him is in this last start was just pure ace stuff. And maybe I'm overreacting a little bit, but you look at him on the mound. He's huge. He's six five. The way he was dotting 98 at the top of the zone effortlessly um, in the late stages of the game, sixth inning, still hitting 97, 98, 99 when he needs it. And his his slider is just absolutely – it's disgusting. Uh, 91 miles an hour, gets under the left-hander's hands. He's just – he's been great. And uh, if he can continue what he's done, I mean, I don't even – I'm not even saying like, obviously 18 and a third innings pitched. He has 19 strikeouts as ERA is 245. I'm not asking for that over the course of a season, but the control two is great. Only five walks. Um, You think about it. You think about Oviedo. He gave up five earned runs in the first inning of his first game. Three homers. I think it was five. If it wasn't five, it was four, but since then, he hasn't given up anything. He has been just untouchable. He's been 2015 Jake Arietta, basically. He's just been crazy good in those in the remainder of his first start and then his second and third start. Obviously, I don't know how sustainable that is, but if he's a guy that's going five, six, seven innings each time out, giving the team a chance to win, keeping that ERA in the threes, maybe the low fours, striking hitters out. I mean, that'll just be a huge boost. And that will, if he, if he turns out how he's looked to start this season, that will just prove as a Ben Sherrington heist in the Jose Quintana trade in which they got him the last trade deadline. I'm just, like I said, I might be crazy. I might be overreacting, but he's just been incredible. 
to watch. And uh, I don't know. But, yeah, the starting pitching, the bullpen, solid, solid, solid. I guess we should take a moment here to talk about some of these injuries. The injuries have just been stacking up for the Pirates ever since O'Neill Cruz went down. We mentioned Chase DeYoung on the IL for a, a back thing. He was replaced by Robert Stevenson. Uh, Austin Hedges, thankfully, back on the team after his concussion IL stint. He replaces Tyler Heineman, who was sent back down to Indianapolis. Uh, G-Man Choi, this kind of sucks. He has a Achilles strain, which that does not sound good. He was put on the 10-day IL, and he was replaced by Tuca Pita Marcano, who had a few nice walks in the Sunday game. I'll give him that. And uh, the last one here, Johan Ramirez was brought up, and I'm trying to see who who he replaced. He replaced uh, Zestrizny. Zestrizny, perfect, yeah. So now he's on, he's in the bullpen, so... A lot of injuries. We'll see. Hopefully Troy's fine. This offense, I mean, it is just getting thinner and thinner by the minute. You hope that Reynolds can kind of get back, maybe not to his first week hot streak, but just normal Brian Reynolds because he was, he was kind of bad this week. Uh, you, you, you hate to say it, but he was. But Cutchin, I love what I've seen from him, but I mean, let's be real. How long can this actually last? I hope it lasts all season. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. But he is 36. Um, Santana, same thing. Hayes, he's picking it up a little bit. But Troy, he's been really bad this season. But he's a guy that, you know, you know you're putting him in the middle of the order. He's going to have some pop. He's going to at least draw some walks, keep the line moving. He was going to start to figure it out. You hope that he's not out for a while because I think think that would be a pretty underrated loss for the Pirates. Um, I don't know what you think. I I've been toying with how I feel about these injuries. Yeah. It sucks to see all these guys go, but like you kind of alluded to Choi hasn't been doing great. Like, yeah, he's been making some hard contact. He's been getting on base here and there, but he hasn't been doing anything too, too special aside from playing some pretty good defense, um, which again, big, that's a big factor going into first base. I don't know. Like chase DeYoung, I'm toying with because I'm not a huge believer in him. So that doesn't mean anything to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, and the only real quality that guy brought was eating up innings because he could go like three, four and mop up time, which is pretty good if you're trying to save your bullpen. But as far as you know, what he produces, not the greatest. Same thing with just his, with Zistrizny. Um, Sadly, yeah, that sucks hearing that. But I think it's the amount. It's not so much the quality of injuries. I think it's more the quantity that we're seeing. Like you said, once O'Neill Cruz went down, that's just kind of when the Pandora's box opened up. Um, if I had to pick one that I think really impacts us was Choi, because I mean, we spent all off season adding that first baseman depth. And now the, one of the big two pieces is gone and it's only a matter of time in my opinion, before Santana gets hurt, because I mean, he took two off the chest. He got beat up this series. I feel so bad. And say he goes, you have Connor Joe to play first, which love Connor Joe. I thought he has been great. I think he's been great so far, but what I want him to be at first base Absolutely not. To me, he him playing first base consistently would kind of remind me of a Michael Chavis that can hit. That that's all I say yeah. about that. Plus, I think he's better in the outfield. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Choi's loss, especially since it's 
like rumored to be longer than 10 days, that's going to suck. And I, I don't think we're in a position where we can acquire a good first baseman. I don't think there are any on the market right now. Minor leagues, again, the depth is just not there. I think the What's next Mason Martin up to. Well, apparently he's now raking in double A, if that's even a correct term. He had two home. That was a joke. I know. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> we are not thinking about bringing Mason Martin up. No, no, no. Sorry, Brian Cornell. Um, but um, I'm looking at in first base situation right now. Malcolm Nunez, not, uh, <laughs> not the greatest. He did pick up four RBIs today. So okay. I mean. Not too bad. Didn't strike out once, but yeah, no. We got to hope Santana stays healthy and rests up them X that, that got drilled. Yeah. He, I, I don't, I would hope that he doesn't play tomorrow just for the sake of just a rest day. I know it sucks with him not being in the lineup, but after all, all the brutality he suffered this weekend, man, he deserves one, maybe two days off. But yeah, I think it's just, it sucks to see all these guys go down at the exact same time because now we have to, Dive deeper into the minor leagues. We have to make You know sense. who it would be? It would be Miguel Andujar. Probably. I, I didn't <laughs> want to bring up his name, but God, I did not want to say his name. But yeah, I oh jeez. Now All right, let me ask to... you this. Yeah. So I think right now the biggest weakness on this team is kind of the back half of the position players. I think at the top they're fine, as we mentioned, Reynolds, Hayes, Santana, Kutch. Bay, Castro, Connor, Joe. After that, though, it gets thin pretty quickly. Uh, so let me ask you, how would you say say it's the last inning, the Pirates are down a run, there's a man on third base, the Pirates need a hit to tie it up. How would you rank these hitters as far as someone you would want to be up in that position? And we'll say it's a right-handed pitcher just for the sake of it. Your options are Jack Sawinski, Kanan Smith and Jigba, Mark Mathias, and he's freshly up, but we'll throw two Capita Marcano in there. Who do you want taking the at bat? How many outs are there? Two outs. Shit. Okay. Um <laughs> let's let's get the obvious out of the way. Absolutely no Mark Mathias. No I Mark. cannot. Maybe if it's a lefty, but yeah, no. Yeah, even if it's a lefty, I don't want Mathias in there. Um huh. Uh, Smith and Jigba has been on a bit of a cold streak lately. So I would probably put him just above Matthias. Um, wow. Hannah Smith and Jigba has been weird. I'll give you a second to think about it while I read his numbers. 26 at bats. He struck out 14 times, which is not good, but I feel like he's made some hard contact. He has a double. He has a triple only four hits, but I don't know. I like, I still feel weirdly okay about him when he's at the plate yeah i'm kind of with you on that like he he had a pretty bad strikeout today but i'm still like oh he'll be all right like yeah. that's only something i don't feel <sighs> that's the thing it, like it's just so tough to get at like, bats and be productive at once every three days and that's right. kind of what the, the bottom of this roster is dealing with the only one that's been able to do it effectively is Connor Joe and the way things are going, he should be getting every day at bats. Yeah. Well, my gut feeling is to Capita only because oh, I God. feel like he's the freshest if, that. And if you need like a slap hit the other way, I feel like he's your prime candidate to do that, to just place a little dinker and left to score that run from third. Yeah. Put if the I'm ball in place. Like 
if I'm going off historical feeling, it's Sawinski just because I feel like he's had more walk-off experience, yeah. but I still don't trust him because I he just he is so hit or miss the plate. Like he'll he'll go he'll have a game where he'll rack up like he'll go two for three with a walk and those two hits being singles. Like he'll see the ball pretty well, and then the next game he'll go like zero for five because he wants to swing for the fences. Like I, he's just so inconsistent. I don't I don't trust him in that scenario. I oh this is gonna get me shamed, but I I, I would go. Tugapita, just because of the more consistent oh, contact. Man. And here's another, thing. here's another thing. If you need, like, you don't need something spectacular to score that winning runner from third. And I'm really overthinking this. I really should. <laughs> but the Tugapita, I think, could lay down a pretty nice bunt. And he's got yeah. the speed to complement it. It, I, it doesn't go, it, like, it doesn't work with me because today he tried that, but it went right back to the pitcher. But I feel like, you know, he gets, he, he lays down like a G1 Bay esque bunt. Like you're winning that game, Sawinski. You're really tossing it up. He's probably a safer bet for other people, but if I'm thinking of what can you pull out of the hat, like what rabbit can you pull out of the hat? I feel like Marcano has that that factor. If that makes sense, yeah, definitely more of a, a contact guy. I'll give you that. I'm probably still going Jack Sawinski. I'm gonna I'm gonna go down with the ship on Jack Sawinski. Um, but yeah, eleven strikeouts and thirty at bats. He's hitting two hundred, just one home run, uh, four walks. Which same with Smith and Jigba, also four walks. But I don't know, and I hate to say it too. I'm looking at these numbers. Jihan Bay is not far behind them. He's been electric in the field. He's made awesome plays. He has the walk off home run, but. I mean the line 217 28391 he's an 0 for 5 away from hitting in the 100 so he needs to pick it up a little bit as well. I mean this is April baseball though. That's just how it is. You go 3 for 4, your batting average raises 70 points. You go 0 for 5, it goes back down the other way. So I think we still need to let the dust settle on some of these guys. Um Maybe that's a Derek Shelton thing, though, because we saw it with Mark Mathias. He tried to get him a string of starts to maybe get him in some sort of groove. That obviously did not happen. Six strikeouts and 15 at-bats, only one hit. But I just feel like with Smith and Jigba and Sawinski, they, they've kind of gotten the raw deal on playing time in terms of getting starts strung together. Seems like... It's an either-or thing with them. I feel like none of them have gotten three, four, five starts in a row. So maybe maybe one of them needs that, but obviously that means the other one's getting no playing time. So I don't know. That's the, that's the tough thing with Shelton right now is juggling these position players. But the way you look at it, I think guys that need to be getting everyday playing time, it's obviously Reynolds, Hayes, Santana, and Kutch. That's four spots. And then probably Bay, Castro, and Joe. That's seven spots. And then a catcher, eight spots. So right now you only have one spot for Sawinski, Smith and Jigba, Matthias, or Marcano. So we'll see what happens. Let's look ahead here to the schedule a little bit. I mentioned earlier how a little easier of a schedule. Three at Colorado against the Rockies. The Rockies are five and eleven. And looking at the starting pitching matchups, Monday, it is a battle of soft-tossing lefties. Rich Hill for the Pirates, Kyle Freeland for the Rockies, and 
I'm looking at it right now, Kyle Freeland has been really good in two starts. 12 and two-thirds innings pitch. He's only given up two earned runs on two solo home runs, 10 hits. Uh, he's probably due to give up some runs, I would say, and we'll see the right-handed heavy lineup for the Pirates tomorrow. Get ready for Mark Mathias. He's going to be in there. On Tuesday, Vince Velasquez tries to back up his awesome start last time out, and he will be opposing Jose Urania, who is 0-2, 990 ERA. He's given up 11 earned over 10 innings. Five home runs. That's crazy. He's walked more hitters than he struck out. He has been bad, so hopefully against the Pirates he can uh, continue that. Oviedo on Wednesday, and he will be opposing Austin Gombar, who I thought he was a reliever. I guess not this season. He's been terrible, though. 14 and a third innings pitched. He's given up 13 earned four homers. So I really hope the Pirates can take two or three. And you know, it's funny. I feel like this is the first time in this podcast history where I'm saying the Pirates should win two out of three. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we got to check the archives. But in this exact moment right now, I will be disappointed if the Pirates can't win two out of three in Colorado against this team. Yeah, I would be disappointed too. I mean, you never want to lose to a team that's kind of struggling to find their footing right now. Um, Freeland, I think, has done well. I was looking at his numbers. He faced a very poor Washington Nationals team, but otherwise he's gone six strong against St. Louis and San Diego, which isn't too, too bad, honestly. Um, And between those two starts, he's combined to give up just nine hits, six of them to St. Louis. Uh, But that's when he started running into trouble. He gave up his first and only two runs of the year. So it's it's hard for me to think that, you know, he's going to have a better time this time around. Um, my whole key to this entire series, if we want to come out and just absolutely establish dominance, we need to get to the Rockies bullpen as soon as we possibly can in the game. I mean, I'm looking at these numbers and God, these relievers suck. Like I'm, I'm trying to look here, Jake bird in eight and two thirds innings, he's given up seven earned runs, one home run, uh, Connor Siebold, eight innings, six earned runs. Denelson Lament, who used to be a starter, turned very mid reliever, five earned runs in seven innings. Like the, these guys are just and hit and opponents, with the exception of Herman Marquez, they are get, they are allowing hitters to hit two fifty or above. A couple of these guys are getting into the three hundreds, and we have hitters that can get there. Like I'm, I feel like tomorrow if we set the tone or whenever the listeners listening to this, whether it's today or tomorrow, um, if we can jump on Freeland early and get into their bullpen, sort of wear and tear it down early in the series, I think we'll have an easy time personally. And I'm going to be this optimistic, oh, even man. though I think, even though I think Rich Hill is going to just blow chunks. Here I feel like, he, I think the, hold on before I make, before I seal my fate, I got to check one thing. It's a three game series against the Rockies, right? Correct. All right. Nail in the coffin. Here we go. We get to Freeland early. We get in the bullpen, limit him to probably either between four and a third or five innings. I say with the appropriate hitting in, in Coors Field, Pirates, I think, have a good shot at sweeping the Rockies. Wow. But that Let's is on go. contingency of Rich Hill actually putting in a good outing and Velasquez pretty much copying what he did in St. Louis. It's yeah. not guaranteed, but 
hey, there is some upside there. There is a good chance that it could happen. I'm I'm very optimistic going into the series for some reason. I like it. And yeah, I need to correct myself on reading Freeland's stats. I was reading his April stats, but he started on opening day, which was March against San Diego. He went six scoreless then. So 18 and two thirds. He's only given up two earned runs. Kyle Freeland has been really good. But like I said, I think he's due to give up some runs and touch that. I'll say this about Kutch too. He got robbed in the St. Louis series. He was making hard contact like it was nothing, and he got robbed a good four or five times. So him and Coors Field, I am excited to see. I'm excited to see right-handed Carlos Santana, right-handed Rodolfo Castro, not as much right-handed Brian Reynolds, but hopefully he can figure some things out. Cabrian Hayes seeing a lefty. I think the Pirates are going to be able to get to Freeland in the Monday game, and the sweep is asking a lot, but if the Pirates can, if they can dare we say sweep and get to 12 and 7 before hosting four against Cincinnati, that would be something. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers for two out of three. I'd be more than happy to see that 11 and 8 record going into the series against Cincinnati, but sweep would be great. And yeah, I mean, this Rockies team does suck. I didn't even realize. Good job by you. Looking up the bullpen, I did not realize their bullpen has been that terrible, but their team has been pretty bad. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, Jake, uh, is there anything else here you wanted to touch on before we we sign off? Yeah, I want to issue a public apology to the Matthias family because I think I ticked them off on Twitter. Oh, my God. My comments. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what the exchange was, but I will apologize Listen, Mark's feeling it. He's providing a service. He's doing fine. I apologize for talking down about him. It does suck. He only has one at bat and like 15 or one hit and 15 at bats. But again, I think his defense is fine. He's doing all right. Um, if I ruffled any feathers, I apologize. <laughs> no, that's a good point. I feel like Pirates Twitter got on Mark Mathias quicker than they've gotten on, you know, anybody in a long time. It's just he was like over six and it was game over. I I have to admit I was a part of that mob, but uh, I hope he figures it out. I, I kind of tweeted out that I'm going to try to be a little nicer to him because, you know, he's trying his best. He actually had a decent season last year for a little while. So we'll give him a chance. We'll see what happens. I think he's going to get another chance tomorrow at second base against the lefty so he's one home run away from slugging you know respectably so early april baseball that's just how it is so good on you for uh, apologizing well i think it's also like as pirates fans we're kind of just used to that black sheep of the team if you will like the punch last guy. year josh, yeah josh van meter last year i think was the tipping point for pirates fans and Mark and you know maybe his supporters wouldn't understand that because they didn't see us suffer with Josh Van Meter last year. So yeah. I, I could, that's kind of like why we're just quick to anger and just quick to react about some of these players, especially guys who we just bring in who doesn't really have much of an impact. So you got to cut us some slack somewhere with us dealing with Josh Van Meter and the year before, well, 2020, Miguel Del Pozo, he sucked. Oh, it's Forget- someone every year. I, yeah. I made a list on Twitter 
Uh, this year, Mark Mathias is the early candidate. Last year was Josh Van Meter. The year before that, it was Kai Tom. Remember him? Kai Tom. Uh, the year before that, JT Riddle, JB Shuck, Sean Rod, Phil Goslin, Jason Rogers, Corey Hart, Michael Martinez, Brandon Inge, 2013. Oh, oh my God. I mean, it's every season there's one of these guys. So hopefully Mathias can not be one of those guys and kind of dig him, dig himself out of it. But yeah, it's not looking great so far. Yeah. But like you said, one home run could turn that complexity. He just needs to have a good game and then Pirates one good game. Win. Yeah. And then they'll be on his side. If he can prove that his ceiling is higher than what people project, then Mark Mathias will not be classified this early as Josh Van Meter 2.0. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a four for four game away from hitting like 250. So yeah, <laughs> No, no problem, Mark. We believe in you. All right, Jake, where can we find you on Twitter before we get out of here? You can find me at underscore Radio Jake on Twitter. Awesome. And you can follow me at Nathan underscore Hirsch. And, of course, the Talk the Plank Twitter account. It's starting to pop a little bit. Got over 100 followers. We're at 110. I'm happy about that. And, obviously, that's where you can find all these podcasts. But follow Talk the Plank at talk the plank pod and jake will have your morning bucket joe today as well and we'll be back later in the week keep listening to the morning bucket joe every morning though and uh let's go bucks let's see if they can keep the good times rolling early on in the season peace out see you